That one driven deep right field. Thank you, go. Gone for Morgan Chris. And Vincent Chamberlain. That ball. Going to the wall. Chamberlain the second for this first hit. Mounted second, going to third. With his first hit of the season. So, and the pitch. That one swung deep to left. And that one's gone! Savvy Seaman with a three-run shot. And the Warhawks take the lead. Hello, welcome to another episode of the podcast on D-Shot. My goal for 2022 um, for my podcast was to bring on some coaches that aren't necessarily from UW-Whitewater or have some sort of connection to UW-Whitewater. My hometown has two colleges in it. Um, One is in Division III with Carthage College. The other one is Wisconsin's only Division II school um, in UW-Parkside. To start this, I'm glad to bring in my first interview guest of 2022, and UW Parkside men's basketball coach, Luke Riegel. Luke, thanks for joining me. Good, good. Regal, Regal. Regal, Regal. Appreciate you having me on. All right. Um, Luke, I wanted to first start off with, it's kind of cool in Kenosha with kind of, with the two college coaches that um, obviously your dad coached the high school level. Um, obviously Steve's dad coached at Carthage for years, but um, obviously your dad's on your staff right now. Just kind of talk about, um, he coached at Walmart, led them to two state championships, um, and also had some success at Waukesha South as well. Um, at 400, probably four, did he have over 400 wins? Yes, he does. Okay. Um, so how much did he influence you as a basketball player and as a coach? Well, I think, you know, the number one thing was, uh, being around basketball the entire time when I was growing up, I mean, you know, being in middle school and going to Wilmot practices and watching the teams that they had, it, it just, uh, you know, it built the fire in me to be around basketball my entire life. I mean, it was, uh, you know, when I was in middle school, they won a state championship. And then that was our goal. The group that I grew up with uh, was do the same. And we were fortunate enough to do that. And, um, you know, I, I think a lot of the fundamentals that we've built on are things that go all the way back to the Wilmot days. So um, it's been really good. Obviously, he still loves being around, uh, you know, young people and teaching the game. And so uh, it's good to have him still on the staff. Um, how much are you still learning learning from him today? Uh, I think the great thing about having, we call him Coach Riggs on staff, is uh, just that he's not afraid to, you know, be the uh, devil's advocate. You know, I mean, he's always pushing us to look at different options and maybe players that were, uh, not high on at the time to, to keep throwing them into the mix and, and doing those type of things. So uh, he's not afraid to, to voice his opinion. And that's, you know, valuable as a head coach. Um, the next section of this is um, you played at Stevens point and for a little bit and then Platteville. Like for my first question on that, who is that Steven, who was the head coach at Stevens point when you played there? Uh, the, the guy that was the head coach at the time I was there is a guy named Bob Parker. Okay. Yeah. Cause... Bob Semling was the guy that recruited me to go to Stevens point. And at the time they were NAI. Um, and one of, we were one of the better NAI teams in the country. So, um, that's how I ended up there. So that was kind of in between kind of the what, Dick Bennett, then Bob Parker. And then it was Jack, Jack Bennett was right after that. Correct. Yeah. Okay. I was in between the two Bennett's. 
Okay. Um, and then you were at Platteville. You played for Bo Ryan, um, and you coached with him at Platteville when he won a national championship in both situations. So, um, what was the biggest thing you remember from play, playing for Bo? And then what was he like as a Division three coach? Uh, I think the biggest thing with Bo was, you know, the, the whole time he was just laser focused on, you know, how can we make Platteville better? You know, I mean, every year they that we won, which is, you know, quite a few, it, it came back the next year um, with no complacency, just ready to be better uh, from year to year, no matter if they went undefeated one season or, uh, you know, got beat sometime in the NCAA tournament. So, um, but, you know, that was the biggest thing. And they had such a great uh, culture that was handed down from each recruit or each graduating class to the next that um, in a lot of ways, the, the players just held each other accountable. They were the ones that um, knew what the system was about. And the only way you were going to play is if you bought in and, and worked extremely hard. Um, does it add to kind of your playing career that obviously being at both Point and Platteville, I mean, obviously points, um, Point and Platteville are two of the, um, in addition to that, obviously Whitewater's had some success as well at the Division Three level. Um, to kind of be associated with those two programs um, with the success that they, they've had in the past? Yeah, I mean, I when I was coming out of high school, I knew I wanted to be somewhere that could play for championships. And that's why I chose point. Um, things didn't work out the way I wanted to. And I knew I wanted to get into coaching. And I thought there'd be no better person to learn from than Coach Ryan. But I mean, obviously, you know, I've lived in my entire life in the state of Wisconsin. And, um, you know, people are very familiar with Division Three in Wisconsin. And um, it's, it's elite basketball. I mean, you look around the teams in the WIAC and uh, numerous teams have won national championships. And, um, you know, I, I think that that's going to always be something that's associated with Wisconsin basketball's Division Three, and um, that's what makes it a little challenging for us. Is people just aren't that familiar with Division Two. We don't, you know, we don't have a rival in the state uh, that people get to see us play uh, for a long time. You know, our closest rival was in Chicago, um, and so uh, it's you know it's a challenge to get the word out of what Division Two basketball is all about. Um, what did you learn most from kind of Bo Ryan in the coaching profession? I think, you know, like I said, the, the biggest thing was just keep your focus on what's going on that day. You know, you, you can't look ahead, uh, you know, past that day's practice. And, you know, if, if whether it's, uh, you know, for them, when, when I was there, you know, Whitewater was a huge rival. It was, it, it didn't mean any more than the next game. So, uh, he did a great job of just being focused on how are we going to get better today? And um, obviously it, uh, it worked at every level he coached at. All right. I'm going to move on to your success at Parkside um, going into this year, 262 and 242 um, in your career um, as head coach, six NCAA tournaments, including the first one in school history in 2006, four years of 21 seasons, including um, a 26 win season in 2014. Um, I guess kind of just talk about that success a little bit. And then I guess what's your kind of favorite win as coach at Parkside? Well, I think, you know, the biggest challenge when I first took over at Parkside was we were in uh, a phenomenal league in the GLVC, which a lot of those schools have actually ended up 
be in division one teams now, whether it's Northern Kentucky or SIU Edwardsville. Um, and we, I mean, we were really behind the eight ball as far as funding and scholarships. So it was a huge challenge in the beginning. And, um, you know, we were fortunate at that time, there were three very good players right in our area, uh, with Kyle Clark at St. Joe's Levante Fenderson at St. Katz and Brad Firstenau at Burlington high school. Um, and we were able to land all three. And those guys were really the, the core of what we got started. And then we landed a transfer point guard in, in Tyrone Deacon, who had had tremendous success at the high school level and a guy named Dave Keene, who was from Greenfield. And um, those guys were the beginning. They, they, if, if they don't come to Parkside, I'm probably a janitor somewhere. Uh, because if we, don't, if we didn't land those recruits, we would have had a tough time turning around. And so uh, things were really difficult in the beginning with them just because of the level of the league. I mean, every, every year uh, we had three or four different teams in our league that could win a national championship. So uh, that was a challenge. Um, and then after they graduated, we hit, you know, it was tough again because we just didn't have the, the support, whether it was financially or within the department of understanding what we needed to be really good. Um, and so we battled through a lot of adversity, whether it was injuries or, uh, things that popped up. And uh, fortunately, again, we had a, a great group of high character kids that hung in there. And then, you know, we were able to rattle off five straight NCAA tournaments and five straight uh, 21 seasons and some division titles in there. And um, it's not easy. I mean, it's, it's a challenge and uh, D2 is a, a different animal. Like it's a uh, high level of basketball. We've always been in very good leagues. And um, if we don't have, you know, a, a roster really, deep talented group uh, it, it's hard to win you know 15 20 games so um well you got to keep hanging in there and we're in another little bit of a rebuilding process right now but hopefully uh we can bounce back over the next few weeks and, and get rolling as we head to february um i guess the other thing i kind of threw in there what's been your favorite win i know there's one that's against a division one school that dick vital kind of had a was kind of high on um, just kind of talking about what's your favorite win at Parkside. I mean, it's nice. Like we, you know, we've beaten UIC and we've beaten UW Milwaukee in exhibition games. Um, but the exhibition games are, they're nice and they're, they're great for, you know, fans and boosters to get excited about, but you know, the most meaningful games are the ones you win in the regular season or uh, in the postseason. regular season wins that help you clinch championships or postseason wins that get you over the hump. So um, you know, we have, we've had a lot of big wins, but you know, one, probably the one that sticks out the most was, uh, when we hosted the NCAA tournament and, and beat Kentucky Wesleyan in the first round that, you know, Kentucky Wesleyan had been a D two power for a long time. And, uh, in my early days, they, they really would hand it to us. And, you know, we get beat down by a lot and our, you know, to beat them in the NCAA tournament was a big win, uh, here a few years ago. Um, I guess obviously you played at the division three level. What are the similarities or differences between the division two side of things and the division three side of things? Uh, I think that quite honestly, I mean, if you, if you're a very good player at D two or whatever, uh, you're just a very good player. I mean, the differences are, you know, the division two level, the post players are a little bit bigger, you know, I mean, we're, you know, there's a lot of, six, four, six, five posts that really excel at the D three level. And, um, you know, that they have, they'd have a tougher time at the D two level, just because 
they're going against six, seven, six, eight, six, nine. And um, I think that's, that's something that's uh, a difference. And then the guards are just a little bit more athletic. I mean, you look at great division three guards and they can shoot it, they can pass it, they can handle it. Um, it I just think that when you go up a level, it's, there's a little more athleticism, a little more quickness and, and those type of things. But um, anybody in Wisconsin that knows anything about basketball knows if, if you're good enough to play at the college level, whether it's a, you know, a school, a private school like St. Norbert, uh, you go into the WIAC or you go up into the scholarship level at D2, um, you can play. And so I've always had a tremendous amount of respect for, for the D3 level. And, you know, I really enjoy being at the division two level. I think it's, uh, you know, just like division three coaches look at it and go, well, our best teams could definitely compete at division two. Uh, that's how I felt about Parkside's teams. Our best division two teams uh, could definitely compete against division one schools. And um, there's just a fine line of uh, between the levels. So it's, uh, it's been, a, it's been a wild ride. And, uh, you know, we look forward to getting back to a, a level where we're playing in March and uh, hanging some more banners in our, in our gym, because uh, we have a phenomenal facility now. We just have to uh, get the basketball back to, to where we've been uh, in the not too distant past. Um, I know that uh, list on the Parkside um, Athletics website that you won the Jack Bennett Award. What kind of what did that mean to you? And then do you have kind of um, I've actually interviewed Jack. Um, we were Whitewater was ranked uh, seven in the country. Um, Point was ranked number one in the country, and it was actually the game that uh, Pat had a cervical spine surgery, and Nick Bennett took um, the reins for a couple games. Um, and I interviewed Jack at halftime. Um, but uh, just talk about what that award means to you, and like, do you have like a relationship with Jack at all? Or um, I'd probably yeah, also throw in Pat Miller too. Yeah, we used to, uh, you know, we used to scrimmage Stevens Point when uh, Jack was the coach there, so we played against his teams with Nick Bennett and Kelso and those guys. And I think, you know, when I won the award, which was a while ago now, um, what it meant to me is that people recognize that, that we've won the, you know, not only that we've won, but we've won the right way. You know, I mean, there's, there's people in the profession that cut corners and will do anything that to get the recruits in or do whatever. And um, you know, when you win an award associated with the Bennett's uh, name, you know, it, it means a lot in, in, you know, in small college basketball in the state of Wisconsin, whatever it is, because uh, I have a tremendous amount of respect for obviously both coach Bennett's. I mean, Dick Bennett had accomplished so much at, at the, you know, college level. And, and so Jack did too, as national champions. And they're, they're just high character people. And I think that's the thing that uh, when, when I was told I was winning that award, that was the thing that meant the most to me was that it was something that recognized that, um, you know, we didn't cut corners. We didn't do things that were shady to, to get Parkside on the right track. Um, we just did it the right way. And uh, it's not easy to do, but we'll continue to do it that way as we go forward. Um, did you like, did we talk about like, kind of like um, how much do you kind of know those guys? And that's the. Um, and it's one of those things where that, that's a, the different thing too, about being at the division two level is, you know, I don't see, the division three coaches in the state very often other than recruiting in the summer, you know, okay. us paths during the season, you know, we don't have a chance to talk a lot. Um, so it's a little bit different. Um, and where we're at at Parkside, you know, we, 
our location is we don't have a lot of division two schools around us either. So um, it's, it's interesting. It's a little bit of an Island, but um, when I see the Bennett's, you know, if I see Jack Bennett in the summer, you know, we have great chance to catch up and uh, talk about when we used to scrimmage and um, you know, the different people we've recruited and cross paths of, uh, during the, you know, the past couple of decades. So it's always nice to see them. And, you know, I've known Nick as well. Uh, so it's, it's, you know, just, it's great to see people that uh, you don't get a chance to catch up with a lot. Um, we were talking about kind of the division two side of recruiting. Um, what is that like? Obviously for you guys, it's kind of um, where do you try to find your players? Obviously um, and like, where do you recruit the most? Um, how much, how much in Wisconsin, how much outside of Wisconsin? And I know you got one of your best players is from Alabama. Um, I just kind of talk about that. You know, what, what we like to do is, uh, you know, like we like to have 75% of our roster that are players that come out of high school, um, you know, usually within three hours of Parkside. So whether that's up to the Green Bay area, you know, we've had some really good players from Appleton and Manitowoc and, and up in that area. Um, it, clearly, you know, whether it's the Milwaukee suburbs or uh, the southern part of Wisconsin, um, and then you know, and then we've got, we've had a lot of success in Northern Illinois. I mean, there's, there's a lot of good players in the Chicago area and Chicago suburbs. So um, we, you know, it's a, so basically, so basically it's kind of similar to whitewater and how they recruit. Right. I mean, you know, we'd love to have a roster full of uh, Wisconsin kids, but um, we're closer to the South side of Chicago than we are to Eau Claire, you know I mean? So mm. it's, uh, it, it's all about proximity and, you know, our, our best teams have always been uh, local players that usually live within two hours of Parkside. And then, like I said, the other 25% is transfers, um, whether they're division one transfers, junior college transfers. Uh, like I said, our best player right now is a kid that we recruited out of junior college. He's originally from Alabama. Um, you know, we've had players in the past from Minneapolis and the Bronx, New York. So uh, that, that's the little bit I think that's the biggest difference in D2 as compared to D3 is there's a little bit more of a transfer um, vibe or whatever you want to call it, um, transfer influence that D3 doesn't have that quite as much. But, um, you know, you look at the, the very good D3 schools in the state of Wisconsin, and they usually have D2 transfers, you know, guys that may have struggled at the D2 level or just wanted to get closer to home on play there. So, uh, but for the most part, like I said, we, we love to get kids that are from two hours from Parkside and inside of that uh, so their families can see them play. And, uh, you know, it gives us a, an opportunity to recruit them real hard. Um, I guess kind of uh, I'll, I'll go to your season right now. So you're five and eight right now, um, kind of middle of the pack in the conference. Three players averaging double figures, um, one being uh, – Trey Croft from Alabama um, halfway through the season, just kind of talk about the season so far and how it's been going. Uh, we've been up and down. I mean, we, we play a lot of young players and uh, we just haven't found our stride, uh, you know, where we could just get in a rhythm and, and rattle off a, a, a stretch of wins. Um, you know, we've played a very good schedule and uh, we've, you know, we've played pretty much all the, the good teams on our, schedule tough we just haven't been able to beat them and um, you know we, we just have to continue to grow continue to develop chemistry and and hopefully we've struggled shooting the ball this year um, and you can't win games if you're not shooting the ball well so 
hopefully we can uh, find some guys that can put the ball in the basket here going forward. But uh, we've got a lot of good experience. Most nights we start three freshmen, um, which makes it a challenge, but um, we'll continue to get better. And like I said, I, I think we have a chance here to maybe uh, get on a little bit of a roll. We play a bunch of games at home coming up and, um, you know, hopefully we can get just a couple wins, get some confidence and then see where it goes from there. Um, I guess um, obviously you have Chris Hell on the staff. I knew him from Pat's staff. Just kind of what does what does he bring to your staff? Uh, it's great. Chris is a great addition. I mean, he the number one thing he brings is energy. I mean, he's you know uh, played at a high level at UWM, has played overseas, but you know he's just going to bring some energy to practice, energy to our you know when we travel, um, the ability to relate to the young guys that we have and. Um, you know, he's from Chicago. So, you know, in recruiting, he can get us in the, the Chicago area. He played at Milwaukee. So, uh, you know, he has a really good reputation there. So just a little bit of everything, uh, you know, it's good. It's, it's strange. I mean, he's only been with us a, a few months really. So, you know, we're still trying to, to get in a groove with everything that goes on on the coaching side. It's just when you change schools, there's a lot of uh, transition there, but he's done a fantastic job. And, um, you know, we're, we're, Looking forward to seeing all the, the guys he's going to help us bring in this next season as well. Um, one more thing about recruiting. How much was kind of recruiting on your guys' side um, affected by the pandemic? And kind of maybe basketball as a whole with that question. <laughs> I think the biggest challenge for all coaches that that couldn't leave their you know campuses was um, you're trying to evaluate people on film. And it's just not the same. I mean, a lot of guys can look good on film and highlights and then you go see them in person and they're listed at six, three, and they're actually six, one, or they're not quite as quick as you thought, <coughs> excuse me. So um, th that's, that was the biggest challenge as far as, you know, we were just off the road for almost nine months. Um, and, you know, and it, everybody else was in the same boat for the most part. So it was, uh, it was difficult. I, I think, you know, we're still trying to recover from that and, and add a really good recruiting class this year. So, um, but overall, we're off to a really good start. We have two recruits coming in that we think will help us a lot in the future. And, um, you know, it, it's it's one of those things you just had to deal with. It, it was less than ideal. It was actually nice to get out on the road last summer and, and go to tournaments again. And we look forward to doing that again this spring and summer. Um, before I kind of get to the last thing, um, we got to get in touch. We got to get in talking about the uh, renovations at UW Parkside, um, especially with the basketball arena. It was kind of cool. My reaction to that was like um, Whitewater could use an upgrade. And what you guys did, I thought was like, oh, white, I could totally see Whitewater doing that. Just kind of, um, even though there's kind of a leaked gymnasium that Whitewater is trying to do or at some point, I don't know what the, what, what Pat, has in terms of the update on that but um just kind of talk about those renovations and like maybe your favorite thing about it what was the the what did the old gym look like and how much do you <laughs> like how it is now and um well the old gym looked like uh old gym I mean it, it was uh you know wood bleachers and there wasn't much to it and I mean when it wasn't anything you would want to show a recruit and they weren't going to get excited about it that's for sure um, and so I'm glad that that's gone. I mean, I, we, you know, we played in that for a long time and it was a, it was a challenge for recruiting, but obviously we found a way to, to overcome that and recruit a lot of very good players throughout the years. But, um, 
you know, the new facility, you know, we, we branded it different. We, we don't consider it a gymnasium anymore. It definitely has more of a, an arena feel. Um, it's great to have chair back seats and, um, you know, just from that standpoint, it, it's a huge upgrade for just the comfort level of our, our fans that have been, you know, with us throughout all these years and, um, you know, people coming in and, uh, even our student section is much better because of, you know, the renovations, but, um, you know, then we added two hospitality areas that, that really, that's what changed it from a gym to arena was, you know, we knocked out a wall. We have a great hospitality right underneath the hoop that, that people can sit there and have a few beverages and, you know, they're right in the action. I mean, they're 10 feet from the hoop, um, on that baseline. So I, everybody that has watched games from there told me they love it. And then we have a balcony up above with a suite and, uh, you know, leather chair back seats up there as well. And, uh, there's a lot of hospitality area that, you know, businesses have hosted events. So, um, it just gives it a much bigger feel. It, you know, I'm no different than everybody else, uh, in the coaching profession. You wish the, the pandemic would end so you could get more people to games because that's been a challenge, but, um, you know, going forward in the future, when this all calms down, uh, I look forward to having a packed gym and, uh, or packed arena, I should say. And, uh, you know, people just being able to experience the whole culture of what we built, uh, you know, in the facility and, and with our program. Um, the other cool thing was kind of the how much um, Andrew was able to kind of fundraise and still still in the pandemic was able to kind of um, fundraise and get people get um, area businesses. I know educators credit credit union was one of those. Um, Haribo was kind of one of those. Um, what did it kind of mean that you kind of kept that going, even though, even through the pandemic? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people would have just packed up their bags and said, ah, you know, we're going to have to put this on hold. And he never thought that way. I mean, uh, you know, there's nothing more valuable as a, as a coach at the college level than having a, a high level athletic director. And that's what we have now. And so Andrew's done a phenomenal job and, you know, he just kept making contacts and keep contacts and keep working with people uh, on fundraising and they see the value in it. When, when you can advertise in a, a facility like we have now and um, the community wants to come out and see games and, you know, students see it, um, it's great. It's a great way to advertise your business. And, and I think that's what people see now is uh, this is a great opportunity uh, to get your brand out there, whatever, you know, whatever your company is. And Andrew obviously was able to sell that vision. And I, I think, you know, that's something that, um, is going to benefit all of the coaches at Parkside as we continue to move forward. Um, I guess the last question I have for you is like, what's your favorite thing about coaching at Parkside? You know, the thing that I enjoy the most about coaching is watching players get better. Um, you know, when players come in as a freshman and whatever their strengths and weaknesses are, uh, and you see them grow from year to year, I, I think that's, that's the best part of it when it, you know, it translates onto the court, things that you've worked on in practice. And, um, you know, that, I think that's the, that's the best part of coaching, you know, the wins and the NCAA tournaments and all those type of things. Yeah. That those are things to celebrate. And then we make sure we do. Uh, but you know, the, the most rewarding part of coaching is seeing, you know, high school kids come in and leave as grown men with a, with college degrees and, if they want to play overseas, you know, our best players have had opportunities, but for me, it's just about how they develop and how they mature um, from freshman to senior year. And uh, when you have guys that do that, I think that's um, when you have the most success as well in your program.
All right, um, Luke, thanks for getting um, taking some time to um, talk to me. Hopefully we can talk more down the road. Um, I know I'm going to hopefully be involved with um, some play-by-play -play, um, with softball and baseball um, this next during the spring, hopefully. Um, so great to talk to you, and thanks for joining me. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Podcasts on D-Shot. Feel free to give any of the other episodes a listen, as a lot of them have some great, exciting content, as well as some great interviews. Don't forget to give my Facebook page a like, Daniel Shotler Journalist, as well as give me a follow on Twitter or Instagram at dshot1992. Don't forget to subscribe if you're on Google Podcasts or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find this. And hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening and have a good day.